as we go back to our study, if you're visiting with us today, <coughs> we have been monthly going through different topics, and this month we've been focusing on the Spirit of God, <coughs> and I've had a lot of people who have uh, talked to me about the, the, some of these aspects of the Spirit and how important the Spirit is in our lives. Many times we don't realize uh, the many aspects of the ministry of the Spirit of God, and in our passage today, we'll look at quite a few verses, but I want you to be thinking about some of the practical aspects of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, God saved you, and when you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God, the Bible says, took up residence in your life. The Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. How many of you are glad for that, right? So, so here's the thing is, is that God doesn't expect us, you know, I think about folks that have just gotten saved or people that have been saved in the last few years, how that, that God doesn't expect us to go through life as a Christian all alone. That's great to have a good church and good friends and a good Christian family, but there are going to be many times you're all by yourself. But can I tell you, you're never alone. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. What a blessing that is. So this morning, we're going to pick up our, our thought here, and, and I've entitled the message, The Discernment of the Spirit. And a lot of times when we think about the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, through His discernment, now remember, the Holy Spirit is God. Through his discernment, he helps us, he guides us on our journey. He helps us to make decisions that are going to affect us. You know what life is? Life is a series of choices. Uh, and so you, you are every day choosing to do things. So as we think about this this morning, I've given you there in your notes or maybe on the screen the definition of discern or discernment. Many people might have heard the word before, but what does it really mean? And it's the power to distinguish one thing from another, such as truth from error, or that which is right from that which is wrong. Now, when you think of right and wrong, I was raised in a home that was morally right. In other words, my parents taught me right from wrong. And uh, my, my dad taught me he said, he said, you respect your elders, you know, and I was taught that that was right. So many today disrespect elders, and I think that's wrong. There are things that are right or wrong, but notice that when we talk about spiritual discernment, we're talking about what is truth and what is error, because if it's not truth, it is error. There's no half truth. Everybody with me? And Jesus said it this way, ye shall know the truth, and it's the truth that will make you free. So God, by His Spirit, gives us the ability to distinguish what is truth and what is error. I heard a story about an elderly lady, and she was uh, at a very busy, very busy street corner during rush hour traffic. She wanted to cross the intersection, but she was scared to death to, to try to cross it on her own. She was confused and she was hesitant. And finally, this gentleman comes up to her 
and, and he asked her if he could cross the street with her. And the, the lady was very grateful, relieved. She took him by the arm. They stepped out into this very busy intersection. And as they proceeded to cross the intersection, she grew very uh, alarmed as this, th- this man that was helping her was zigzagging randomly across the street to the horns blaring and to tires screeching. And finally, after they reached the other side of the street, She kind of turned to this gentleman, she complained, and she said, you almost got us killed. She said, uh, uh, you know, you walk like somebody that's blind. And he said, well, I am. He said, that's why I asked you if I could cross the street with you. Now, the reality was she wasn't very discerning. You know, she didn't make a good choice. And I think of so many, not only unsaved people, but Christians even, that are living in this world that are not using discernment that God wants us to use. It reminds me of what Jesus said in the Bible in Matthew 15, if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Are we not living in a day where blind people are leading people that are blind? Uh, We certainly have many politicians that are blind, and they're trying to lead this country and this world, and you know what? People themselves that are following them are blind to what they're doing, and the Bible says if the blind lead the blind, both are going to fall into the ditch, and that's kind of the the understanding of the way this world is, but sometimes when we think of having discernment, some people think that it is some sort of supernatural uh, intuition, but can I tell you from God's Word this morning that God desires for us who are saved to use the discernment that He has given to us as we walk the Christian life, and the best thing about it, as I mentioned earlier, is God has provided the resources so that that can happen that we can walk a Christian life that's pleasing to Him. Now, if you have your Bible and you're there in Ephesians chapter number 5, and of course you have verses in the outline if you're using that this morning, but I want to point out a few others and I want you to follow along with me because as you notice on the screen, this picture here, God wants to and has provided guidance for us. God wants to assist us. God wants to support us and all of that is possible by the Holy Spirit of God. So look in chapter 5, beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, as the chapter begins, be therefore followers of who? God. Notice, he's not saying you have to do what the church says. He's not saying you have to do what your parents say. He says, be ye followers of God as dear children. God is your heavenly Father, right? He loves you. And so notice verse 2, walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smell and savor. Now when you come to verse 3 and verse 4 and verse 5 and even into verse 6, God begins to name some things. Like for instance in verse 3, he says fornication, all uncleanness. Verse 4, filthiness, nor foolish talking. Verse number 5, he he mentions whoremongers and unclean persons and a covetous man. He Notice he says at the end of verse 5, have any inheritance, none of them have any inheritance 
uh, in the kingdom of, of Christ and of God. Verse 6, let no man deceive you with vain words, because these things cometh upon these, cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. So God kind of gives a listing, and he says, look, now that you are saved, now that you have the Holy Spirit of God, he says you need to have spiritual discernment so that you are not involved in, in, in doing any of these things. Look at verse 7, be not ye therefore partakers with them. Don't get involved in their lifestyle. Don't allow these things to be a part of who you are because you're one of my children. Everybody with me so far? Now look at verse number, number uh, 8, and this is our text this morning. The Bible says, For ye were, notice past tense, sometimes darkness, but now. How many of you are saved this morning? Raise your hand. So you are in that group of the but nows, all right? He says, you were sometimes darkness, but now that you are saved, notice he says, he says, ye are, are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto who? The Lord. Verse 11, have no fellowship. How much fellowship? None, right? He says, don't have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. In case you remember, want to know what those are, go back to those verses, 3 to 6. Those are some of the unfruitful works of darkness. He says here, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which were done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, and be filled with the Spirit. Now, when you look at these verses, it, it reminds me of so many today. I, I don't know how you are, but I think this is probably true of all of us. No one really likes to get lost. Have you ever gotten lost? For me, it's almost an everyday occurrence. My sense of direction out in, in uh, driving around places I haven't. Now, if I've been there before, I'm really good at getting back to it. You know, when I work construction, uh, many days I would drive half hour, 45 minutes or an hour to a job site when I was working construction before God called me to preach. And, and uh, you know, if I had directions to get there after I went there the first day, from that point on, I never had a problem getting to work. But then after we finished that house, we had to go to a, do a new house. Now, if it was in the same subdivision, I was fine. I knew where it was at. But if it was somewhere totally different, then I was going to have to have some directions. But there's been many times where I have gotten lost. My wife will say, it's that way. And I'll say, I thought it was that way. And I'm always glad my wife helps me out with that. But here's the thing is, is that many Christians today, I believe, are going through the Christian life without direction. 
not knowing which way to go. And God has given us His Spirit who helps us with discernment. We need to understand God provides guidance if we need it through the Holy Spirit of God. And I know in my life, I need the Holy Spirit's guidance every day. All of us probably at times, maybe, maybe you do this every day or maybe occasionally like we do, you might take a trip and you use GPS. Have you ever been using your GPS? And whether it's because of maybe a, a mountain range, which we know wouldn't happen here in South Florida, unless it's a landfill, uh, or maybe it's uh, you're in an area where there might be a building or something that blocks the GPS satellite and you lose your reception. You ever had that happen to you? And all of a sudden, boy, you're like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? Where, you know, Which direction uh, should I turn right up here or turn left? Because you've lost your direction. Well, that happens in the Christian life sometimes, is that we don't avail ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And it seems like sometimes in life we get so frustrated when it seems like there is no guidance available, almost like our GPS is, is not available for us. Now, listen, again, God gives us His Spirit, and you know what the Holy Spirit of God is? Unlike GPS, the Holy Spirit is the most reliable guide you can ever have in your life. See, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know where to go, God has given His Spirit who helps us to decide the direction that we should go. And we need His help in our lives. This is what Paul was writing to those in Colossae about and just really trying to help them understand that, that knowing God's will for our lives clearly is so very important. Notice what he says in Colossians 1.9. For this cause, notice Paul includes not only himself but others. He says, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So what Paul was saying is, my prayer and those that are with me is that you would understand that you would know what God's will is for you and that you would do God's will. Now, we need understanding. And that understanding, the Bible says wisdom comes from the Lord. So, look, I know as a pastor, this is something that is always on my heart is for the sheep of this flock is that they would know God's will clearly and that they would do God's will. Well, the only way that you're going to understand that, to do that, is to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. We need discernment every day in so many areas of our lives. You need discernment on how to lead your family. You need discernment on making purchases. You need discernment on choosing to have the right friends in life. And there are many other things that we need discernment so that we're doing the right thing and we're pleasing God with those decisions. Now, that's why we need the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God's ministry, this is very practical in how He guides us and He helps us make decisions. And so I want you to see the Lord's involvement in our lives, and it begins with the direction of the Lord. Now look back in verse number 8. The Bible says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. See, before we knew Christ as our Savior, 
The Bible says that we were living spiritually dark lives, that we did not understand what was best for us because we were walking in the darkness. We were living in sin. The Bible says in Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So, so now that we know Christ as our Savior, understand that we, uh, God, we have a, a God in heaven who desires, as the Bible says, that we would notice, walk as children of light. Now, the one thing about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit of God, when you were unsaved, the Holy Spirit was the one that actually helped us, gave us light, gave us understanding to know that we are a sinner, that we need Christ as our Savior. So in other words, I could say it this way, the Holy Spirit spread the light that brought us to Christ for salvation. If you're here today, you probably remember the passage where Paul was on the road to Damascus. Paul in the book of Acts was going to Damascus, not for a vacation. He was not going to Damascus for some religious uh, event or, or maybe a, a council meeting. Paul was going to Damascus because he was seeking to find Christians, believers like us, who he could arrest, he could throw into prison, and maybe eventually their lives would be taken for the faith that they have in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul, as he's going to Damascus, the Bible records that Paul saw a light and it was that light that, of course, he met the, the Lord that day on the road. And the Lord was the one that helped him understand his need of salvation. You see, I'm glad 36 years ago that's what God did in my life. Was he showed me I was a sinner and I, I needed Christ as my Savior if I wanted to spend eternity with the Lord. If you're here today or you're listening to us this morning, understand that everyone must make that decision because without accepting the gift of God, which is eternal life, the Bible says we are already condemned in our sins. So in other words, if the Spirit of God can, can shed the light so that we can understand our need of salvation, then understand also that the Spirit of God can guide us. He can shed that light that guides us in our daily choices as well. In other words, He can help you. He can help me. Well, how does He do this? Notice, He guides us by the light of His presence. Earlier, I mentioned that the Spirit of God dwells in us. And this Spirit is the one that makes it possible that we have the ability to discern what is truth, and what is error? I'm always very concerned, and, and listen, in a pastoral, in a loving way, many of our members and many Christians, folks, understand there are many voices out there. Uh, there are many that are trying to get your ear and trying to get your mind and trying to get your heart. People are listening to things on the internet, things they really don't know who it is, that they're listening to, or what their background is, or what their religious beliefs are. They're reading books, and they're watching TV shows, and listening to maybe radio programs. And listen, I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm just saying that many times we really don't know, and the Bible teaches us that if it goes in, it's going to lodge in our hearts. It will affect us spiritually. Spiritually. 
and we need to be discerning about whether that is right or wrong, whether that is truth or it's error. Everybody understand? So listen, I don't know about you, but many times I don't have the wisdom to know. That's why I and you need the Spirit of God. Because the Bible says the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So if I hear something, what I need to do is say, is this truth? Is this right? And one thing I'm glad for is the light of His presence. But the other thing is, notice that He guides us by the light of His Word. This is the primary tool of the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible talks about comparing things that are spiritual, that the Bible says they search the Scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So when you hear something, understand that the greatest thing you can do is say, now does that line up with the Word of God? And you know what? If it doesn't, then it's not truth, it's error. And the Holy Spirit of God will help us that through the Bible we can see the life that God has designed for us. And through the Scriptures, God helps us to understand principles for daily living. Jesus said it this way when he was on this earth. He said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So Jesus was the light of the world. And as Jesus ascended to be with the Father, he's given us the Holy Spirit of God who gives us light. And he uses that light to reveal God's word, which is truth to us. The Bible says in Psalm 119, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. So folks, when we look in the word of God, the Bible sheds light on it. The Bible helps us understand this is right, this is not right. This is truth, this is not truth. And a lot of times people see something and they know it's not right, but yet they still take it in. They still receive it. Sometimes people say, well, I just don't understand how a person can think that way because they were faced with it, and instead of rejecting it, they accepted it. So the Spirit of God guides us by the light of His Word, and we as Christians need to turn to the light that God has provided for us in the Scriptures and then ask the Holy Spirit of God to help us to discern the truth because as God excuse me, gives us things in our lives that while God is trying to help us with the truth, guess what? We have an adversary. The devil is constantly trying to get us to walk away from God. As a matter of fact, notice what Paul writes to those in Corinth because as the Spirit gives light, Satan is trying to blind people to the truth. Notice, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So what does Satan do? Well, according to 2 Corinthians, Satan is blinding the minds of people in unbelief. But understand this, that the Lord is trying to lead his children in faith. In other words, by faith, 
Uh, David said it this way in Psalm 23, He restoreth my soul, he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. David says, God is leading me in truth. And so I'm glad for the Holy Spirit of God and his leading. And the question this morning is, are you willing, listen, are you willing to follow the Lord's leading in your life? In other words, would you say, not my will, but thine be done? Another thought is this, are you actively seeking truth from his word? See, a lot of times people are looking for answers in life. Do you go to the Word of God? Are you seeking truth from the Word of God? And then this thought, are you looking for Him to give you light for your journey? I want His Word and His Spirit to give me the direction that I need to go in the Christian life. See, I find the direction of the Lord, and as we we follow the direction of the Lord, then notice what comes next, the protection of the Lord. We find here that as Paul continues to write to those in Ephesus, he helps us understand that as we commit to the following or the leading of the Holy Spirit of God, that God will protect us from harm that could come to us. Now notice we find here that he protects us, first of all, by the Spirit's prompting in our lives. Look at what it says in verse number 9. Look at the verse. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Now, notice the words there, the fruit of the Spirit. He's talking about here in our lives as Christians, how the Holy Spirit, He directs our choices to that which is good, to that, verse number 9, that is good and righteous and true. It mentions the fruit of the Spirit. Well, what is the Spirit's fruit? It's evidence of His discernment in our lives that we are making choices that are pleasing to God. See, when when we're making these personal choices, look at verse number 9 again. Here's a question. When you're making a choice, there's three questions you ought to ask yourself. Notice the first one in verse number 9. You should say, whatever the choice is, you should say this, is it good? Secondly, you should say, is it right? And thirdly, Is it true? Those are three good questions for us to ask when we are making a decision. Many times we never consider if it is something that is good or something that is righteous or something that is true. Why? Because of our flesh. (laughs) That's the problem day in and day out is the flesh gets in the way. See, our flesh will many times try to justify the choices that we make, and those choices we make are not for the Lord, they're for our flesh. They are feeding our carnality. Many times this is what we see. See, But a Christian who is one that is exercising spirit-led discernment, that Christian will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's prompting in their lives. My pastor says it this way, obey every impulse of the Holy Spirit of God. You start to do something and the Spirit says no, then don't do it. If you start to go somewhere and the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, you shouldn't go there, then don't go there. See, the Holy Spirit many times will prompt us in our lives. 
and we need to understand is the Holy Spirit is working. That Notice in, in, in 3 John, and that should say in your notes there, 3 John, verse 11. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of who? Of God. See, God says, look, follow that which is good. That goes right back to the previous verse. Is it good? Is it right? Is it true? Because the Bible says, he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit of God not only lives in you, but when you are making a decision or making a choice or going in a direction, the Holy Spirit will prompt you whether that is good or not good for your life. And not only does the Holy Spirit prompt us, but notice, secondly, the Holy Spirit then uh, proves us. He protects us by His proving. Look at verse number 10. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Not unto the church, not unto your pastor or your parents. I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that what I am doing, what I do as a child of God is acceptable to God. There's only one person in life that you need to make sure you're pleasing, and it's not your spouse, and it's not your family, it's the Lord. Here's what I find, that if I am pleasing the Lord, then I will, be, I will have the right relationship with my spouse and with my family. And the Bible says, look at verse 10, proving what is acceptable. The Spirit teaches us to prove what is good? In other words, is this acceptable in the sight of God? The word prove means to examine, to scrutinize it. A lot of times we don't do that. We don't examine something, but the Holy Spirit will help us to discern on whatever it may be, if it's genuine, if it's acceptable to God, or if it is not acceptable to God. Paul wrote about this to the church in Philippi. Notice what he says in verse uh, 10 in chapter 1, that you may approve, notice here, things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. In other words, till the day you meet the Lord, he says everything you do, make sure it's genuine, make sure it's acceptable in the sight of God. If every Christian lived this way, it would change the world. You see, the Spirit of God he protects us as we, as we understand God's direction, which is God's will for our lives. The Holy Spirit then protects us as we allow Him to guide us and help us make decisions. He protects us by proving us. Spurgeon said this, listen to these words, Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without the wind, branches without sap, like coals without fire, we are useless. We need the Spirit of God because God gives us direction and the Holy Spirit helps us. And we need His protection and He protects us by prompting us to not do something that would not be acceptable to God and then to prove things that are good. And then notice that we also see here as we conclude this morning, not only the direction of the Lord, the protection of the Lord, but notice the instruction of the Lord. See, God says, look, I want you to understand a couple things. And he gives these to us in the form of commands. Now, you have to understand, this is God and God's words. You are his child. 
And when the Father tells us to do something, we have no option. You with me? I know what it was like when I was a kid growing up, and my dad told me to do something, and I didn't do it. It wasn't, oh, happy day. And God is not pleased with us when we don't do what he asks us to do. So let, let's look at these three commands. And by the way, I'm just sharing the word of God. Don't shoot the messenger, all right? And so I want you to understand this is from the heart of God. So notice the first command as we think about these instructions from the Lord. And the first command is that we need to have a separated stand. Now, we're just going verse by verse. So go back to Ephesians 5 and look what the Bible says beginning in verse number 11. Notice, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Now, you know what a lot of Christians do instead of t living their life having a separate stand for the Lord? And I know it's not easy. I know a lot of times living for the Lord has its challenges. But remember, you're not alone. The Spirit is with you. Many Christians, here's what they do, is they try to straddle the fence. They have one foot in, and they have one foot out. One foot in Christianity, and one foot in the world. Folks, I'm just going to tell you that if you straddle the fence, eventually you're going to fall one way or the other. You cannot straddle the fence in the Christian life. In other words, as you study the Bible, Christians are not going to grow when there's sin in their lives. They, they live as if they can keep things that are impure and things that are ungodly. And God says, I want you to separate yourselves from those, from those sinful practices that you have in your lives. Now look, all of us right now may be thinking about something in our lives. And look, whether we want to admit it or not, God knows all things. All of us at times struggle. I was talking to a man in the lobby after the first service, and, and he was sharing with me some things that he's been struggling with. And I said to him, I said, listen, I just want you to understand you're not alone. I said, anytime you struggle, one place I usually go that helps me is I go to Romans chapter number 7, and I read about how the Apostle Paul so struggled in his life every day because of the decisions and choices that he makes. And he says, but how do I do that? And I said, that's where the Holy Spirit's discernment comes in. He helps you to make the right decisions. Look, if we're on the side of light and truth, God says, I do not want you to be in the dark. He says, I brought you out of the darkness into the glorious light of the gospel. And sometimes we feel like we can hold on to the world while we're walking with God. You cannot do that. Many times we think 
that we can do something. But if we're holding on to the world, if we're allowing sin in our lives, then if we're doing that, it's a direct disobedience to what God's command is in verse number 11. Look at it again. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That's what God says. No fellowship. In other words, God is strictly forbidding us to even, watch this, we need to separate ourselves from those sinful practices. But he also says here, I want you to separate yourself from those who are also living in sin. Now, this is where some people struggle because we think to ourselves, well, it's my family, it's my spouse, it's my friend. But God says, come out from among them. Be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Many times we just continue to be around them. Now, look, I'm, I don't believe that God's saying you need to isolate yourself from people that are living in sin. Look, notice what it says. Look at verse 11 again, because the verse doesn't end with that statement that we read, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Notice there's a comma. Look at the last part of the verse. But rather reprove them. Now, when you look at that, here's what God is saying. God is saying that if we are making the right decisions and we have discernment in our lives from the Holy Spirit of God and, and we're exercising discernment, what is right, what is wrong, we're not giving ourselves over to a life of sin. He says that here what we can do is if we have those around us where it says reprove them, it's indicating confronting their sin with the truth of the Scriptures. Now, I believe if we're going to do that, we need to make sure, number one, we're right with God because it's not us, it's God, it's God's words. And when we confront them, we need to do it in the right spirit, a spirit of love. And sometimes we need to do that. The Bible says here that we may need to go to them. In other words, if we're going to go to them, we need to be walking in discernment. And we must obey God's command for us to separate ourselves unto godliness. So God says one thing that I want you to understand. Here's one of my instructions. Is that you need to have a separated stand. But notice secondly, he also says that as we separate, we need to have a serious walk. Look what the Bible says in verse 15. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So in these verses, we have to be determined as Christians that we are going to live out God's will for our lives. That means that every day you need to approach life with a serious walk. You need to be serious about how God has given you life, have an awareness of the value of life. The Bible says that our life is but a vapor. It's here today and it vanisheth away. And when he says here, walk, verse 15, circumspectly, the English word that we use sometimes, you may not be familiar with that word, is the word circumference, which means around something. 
The word circumspectly, God says, walk this way. What is he saying? He says, I want you to be, as you're walking the Christian life, I want you to be looking around carefully. I want you to have an awareness of your surroundings. Be, be aware and be alert of the danger. Things that can hurt you. Remember what Lot did? He pitched his tent toward Sodom. You know, he wasn't aware. He, he, he wasn't uh, fully looking around carefully. And you and I, when it comes to making decisions, God says, I want you to have a serious walk. Don't just kind of dabble in the Christian life. He says, I want you to be aware of the dangers around you. And, I, and when it comes to making decisions, there are going to be times where you need to pause and ask the Holy Spirit for discernment on how you need to use your time, how to spend it wisely. And while we're on this earth, which is but a short time, and again, there's been so many of our loved ones, even in this past year, that were with us but are no longer with us. And the Bible says, here's what you need to do. Redeem the time. Make the most of every moment. You know, no one knows the day nor the hour. The Lord could come today. God says, make the most of every day that I've given to you. Ecclesiastes says, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. There's no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Look, it'll be too late then. God says, make the most. And when it comes to making the most out of our life as a child of God, the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to spend our days wisely. And that's why we need to ask Him. Ask Him for guidance. Ask Him to help you to walk according to His direction. And so notice God says, I want you to have a separated stand. I want you to have a serious walk. And then watch this. I want you to have a spirit-filled life. Now in verse number 18, look at it again. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit. Now so many people, listen to me, so many people want to focus on the first half of that verse. The key to that verse is not the first half, it's the second half. It's an analogy. You see, people that are, are given over to uh, maybe a beverage, an alcohol, that, that as they consume it, their body is not in control, it's out of control. And by the way, there's enough scripture in the Bible that teaches that a Christian ought not to drink. Don't take it up with me, take it up with the Lord. But many Christians, here's what they're doing, they're straddling the fence. It's okay to have a little here, have a little there. It's okay to drink socially. Listen, the Bible does not teach that. Is that truth or error? It's not truth, it's error. There's enough in the Bible, folks. Search it out yourself. You're being deceived. You are, having, you are being a partaker of the things of this world. But the Bible says that as we look in the Word of God, in verse number 18, he says the whole idea of the Christian life, it all comes back to where we started, and that is our walk with the Lord. Well, how are you going to walk with the Lord unless you're walking in the Spirit, unless you're filled with the Spirit? So if you go back to verse 18, here's the idea. He says, just like someone, if they were full of wine, it would be controlling them or really out of controlling them. 
But when we're filled with the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God has control of our lives, then guess what? We're not going to do what we want. We're going to do what God wants us to do. See, it's all about discernment. And we desperately need God's Spirit to help us to be discerning. And I've given you here in your notes four reasons that I believe Christians need discernment. And listen, you look at these this morning. The truth is I could have given you more, but I want to give you these four. And some of you heard some things this morning, maybe, maybe something that you haven't heard before, maybe something that you wish you wouldn't have heard, but God wanted you to hear it this morning. And I want you to see four reasons why we need discernment. Notice this. First of all, every day of your life and mine is filled with choices. Watch this. You chose to get up this morning. I think most of you are up. Kind of looks like most of you are up. You, you chose to come to church. You chose the clothes you're wearing. You're going to choose what you're going to eat after the service. You're going to choose to take a nap today or not. See, life is full of choices. Matter of fact, that's what life is. It's a series of choices. But we need discernment in those choices we make. Notice the second one, and look at this. Evil doesn't always present itself as evil. You ever heard good, better, and best? Sometimes things will be presented to us, and we will not see it for what it is. I'm not saying that I'm, I know many times I'm not right about things, but, but I'll tell you this. When something's going on, here's what happens. Like, here's an example. Years ago when I was working construction, I was a young man and, and just had got into the union, and there was many guys that were my elders. And when it was time for a new uh, contract, labor contract, the, the younger guys, they wanted all the money that was going to come in, they wanted it all put on their paycheck right now. They wanted the money right then. They wanted it on the paycheck. All the older guys, they wanted it put in the pension. Because the younger guys were not looking at what was going to happen down the road when they got older. All the older guys were old. And they said, no, listen, we see it for what it is. Well, here's what happens many times in our lives is we don't see the evil because it doesn't always present itself as evil. Are you with me? I, as a kid growing up, I don't know where this got started. I don't, you know. But as a kid, I literally, growing up, thought that the devil was some guy in a red suit with a pitchfork. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How does the Bible describe the devil? The angel of light. The devil's not ugly. Matter of fact, he's attractive. So evil is not always going to present itself as evil. That's why we need discernment. Because you're going to listen to something, watch something that you have no business listening to, watching, partaking of. I'm trying to help you. God's trying to help you. That's why he gave you his spirit. Look at the third reason is because discernment helps us to grow and mature spiritually. 
all of us need to grow up. You know, here's a young lady that just got saved. But you know what? I know a lot of Christians, they've been saved for 20, 30, 40 years, and they're still, spiritually speaking, where she is right now in her life because there's no discernment. And then look at the last one. Spiritual discernment is a key to living a righteous life. You want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord? Then have discernment in your life. You know what we need? We need wisdom. James put it this way. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Say, oh, I just wish I, I wish I had a better understanding. I wish I made better decisions. Ask God. You know, this was my pastor's favorite verse. And I thought, he's been, this, he's been a Christian all these years. And this is his favorite verse. But you know what? He understood something. That even though I've been saved for all these years, I still need the Spirit to help me to make the right decisions. We need discernment. God knows you and I aren't going to make the right decisions, but he's given us his spirit to help us with direction, to give us protection, and to give us some instructions on how to live the Christian life. I hope this helps you this morning. It certainly helped me. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes this morning. Would you stand with me this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed? Discernment. Knowing what is right and what is wrong. How many of you this morning would say, I, I need, I need God's help to make choices in life. Would you raise your hand? Listen, why don't you, instead of waiting, why don't you come this morning to the altar, come to the Lord and ask God by His Spirit as the piano begins to play. Why don't you come and ask God? Some of you are facing decisions right now. And some of you are going to be facing decisions in the near future. You may not even know what you're going to be facing, but it would be a good thing for you to come. Decisions on how to raise your family. Decisions on your finances. Be a wise steward because none of it's yours, it's all God's. Some of you, some of you just need to come and say, Lord, I need your help. I need discernment on how to walk. The Christian life. Many have come this morning. Why don't you come? Ask God to help you. Give you discernment. your all on the altar.